Welcome to the We Talks podcast, where we're having small chats about big topics in women's economic empowerment. This is the official podcast of the Donor Committee for Enterprise Development Women's Economic Empowerment Working Group. Each episode, we're talking to experts at organizations around the world who are spearheading this important work on the ground. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Grantham. And I'm Leva Rahani. We're recording this episode of We Talks in the land now known as Canada, on the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe Indigenous Nation. Decolonization is inextricably linked to our work promoting economic empowerment and gender equality globally. This acknowledgement is just one step towards reconciliation, but it is far from enough. For more information, a great starting point is to read the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. This is the final episode of our three-part series exploring the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on women's economic realities around the world and highlighting the need and opportunity for gender-responsive policies and programs. Today, we're discussing the impact of COVID-19 on sexual and gender-based violence and its links to women's economic empowerment. We're joined by Kalpana Vishwanath from the organization Safety Pin in India. Sexual and gender-based violence, or SGBV for short, tends to increase during emergencies, including epidemics, and the surge in cases during COVID-19 has been declared a shadow pandemic by UN women. Calls to helplines have increased fivefold in some countries, while survivors face reduced access to services and support due to lockdowns, quarantines, curfews, and other restrictions on individual movement. Rising unemployment and economic insecurity caused by COVID-19 are contributing factors for SGBV. Increased household poverty spurs domestic tension, conflict, and violence, while economic insecurity traps women in abusive relationships with partners and employers, or drives them to engage in dangerous coping strategies, including transactional sex, to pay for basic necessities like food, rent, and utilities. UN Women estimates that globally in the past year, 243 million women and girls have been subjected to SGBV. That number is almost difficult to compute, but there's also been a documented rise in harmful practices such as child early forced marriage as a way to relieve financial pressure on households and because so many girls are out of school right now. According to UNICEF, 10 million additional girls are at risk of child-early forced marriage due to the pandemic. Despite its global prevalence, SGBV remains underaddressed in terms of government responses, particularly with respect to the role played by economic insecurity. Really, more needs to be done to prioritize this issue in COVID-19 response and recovery efforts. Today, we reached out to Kalpana Vishwanath to learn more about the impact of COVID-19 on sexual and gender-based violence and its links with women's economic empowerment. Kalpana Vishwanath is co-founder and CEO of Safety Pin, an organization based in India that works to make public spaces safer and more inclusive for women. Hi, Kalpana. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here on this podcast. Shall we dive right in? Can you tell our listeners a bit more about your work at Safety Pin? 
So um, Safety Pin is a social enterprise that I started uh, eight years ago. Uh, and uh, our mission is to really build a world where everyone can move around without fear, especially women and other excluded groups. So what we do is we um, have several technology tools that um, we use to collect data about building safer, inclusive, and more accessible cities, uh, both through uh, a crowdsourced app called My Safety Pin, uh, as well as other tools for collecting more in-depth, qualitative, quantitative, and spatial data, both for women to navigate the city better, uh, but also as an advocacy tool to get governments and urban stakeholders to actually make our cities safer and more inclusive. So can you tell me a little bit about how COVID-19 has impacted women's safety and mobility in India? I mean, I think COVID-19 has um, impacted probably every aspect of everyone's life in some way. I think for women, um, it had uh, really, um, it's, it's been a, a sort of a double, triple whammy in many ways. Uh, one is um, we do know that globally, as well as in India, uh, domestic and intimate partner violence went up in this period. You know, when people were asked to stay home all the time, uh, we know that the home is not always the safest space for women and girls. So we did have a kind of a, uh, an increase in reporting of violence against women in, in the home. On the other side, um, the lack of access to public spaces meant that, um, uh, first of all, the spaces were really deserted. So one, even if you needed to go out for, a, you know, to go to the hospital or to buy something, it was deserted. It wasn't as safe. Uh, secondly, um, you uh, could not go out it many times. And when things opened up, uh, again, public transport was not as available because we know that, you know, good public transport is what helps women be more mobile. And the third thing I think that impacted women was that public services, social services uh, were also less available. I mean, of course, the pandemic meant that all efforts had to be put into that. But, uh, you know, we did need other services. You know, women continue to have babies. Women continue to have other health issues. And I think um, uh, it's, it made it just that much more difficult to access all services. You know, we also know that the digital divide, there is a gender digital divide in our country. And uh, girls and women uh, students have been sort of unfairly disadvantaged at a time of uh, increased online learning. So I think there are many ways that women... I mean, everyone faced problems during the pandemic. I think gender sort of was an added vulnerability, an added problem uh, that many women had to face. What are some ways that different stakeholders have actually used the services of Safety Pin to reduce gender-based violence and to enhance women's economic empowerment? Women tell us which places they feel safe and unsafe in the city using a tool called the Safety Audit which sort of measures social and physical infrastructure in the city. So women can do audits and we have other methodologies of collecting data. And that uh, an, an interesting research was done a few years ago uh, where uh, the, there was some correlation done between 
women's choice of university and safety. And actually the research found that um, based on our data, the safety, that uh, safety plays an important role in women's choice of university in Delhi city. Uh, so much so that they would choose a less prestigious university if it was closer to their home. Now, this is a direct impact on work and on education and on life opportunities. Uh, the other thing, uh, what we did last year during the pandemic, because the safety pin is really focused on public spaces. But as I said, we realized during the pandemic that women were stuck at home. So we actually introduced a new feature in our um app called Find Support, where uh, we collated all the uh, helplines, women resource centers, shelters for women, uh, and other information so that uh, any woman in India, if she opens the app uh, and presses the Find Support feature, she can find all the support for violence, gender-based violence around her, nearby. And uh, we found that many women used it, and many people use it like, you know, people would call and say, listen, I have a friend in Hyderabad and she needs help. And so they could just open the app and immediately get the nearest um, help. So, um, you know, I think uh, it, our data, has, and then thirdly, our data has been used by governments. So, for example, again, in Delhi, um, our data showed which areas had poor lighting. Uh, and the government actually used this data to fix nearly 5,000 spots in the city to improve the lighting. Now, lighting alone is not going to create safety, but lighting is a necessary condition. We know that if you walk in a street which is dark, you are definitely going to feel unsafe, you know. So it's a, it's a low-hanging fruit. And if we can at least start getting those changed, uh, it's a positive thing. Yeah, I think I think it's actually quite innovative how the data is being used and adapted um, and different stakeholders have been engaging with that data. Um, so that's that those examples that you provided are, are really, really interesting. But before we let you go each week, we are asking our guests the same important question. What is one concrete action that donors and development agencies can take to address the issue of gender based violence to enhance women's economic empowerment? So what would be, in your perspective, our first step in the right direction? I think, um, you know, really, if I, looking back on the last year of the pandemic and, um, uh, and this, the work of care, and I think that it is time that we really put our money into addressing that inequality. Because until we change that, uh, it's not really going to have an, you know, the impact on women's lives is not enough, you know, because we, we just, uh, we, we're constantly struggling. So I think um, in terms of, uh, uh, I think, a, a sort of a, an ideological concept, I would say, yes, we need, to, we need to recognize the care economy as central to the functioning of this world. So for me, economics is not only about going out and earning the money and on the jobs. It's, uh, the economy of care is trillions of dollars. And let us begin to value it, you know, and, and look at innovative and bold ways of, of addressing it. And I think that's what my ask to the international and donor communities. Let's think out of the box. If the one thing the, the pandemic has taught us is we can 
we can live out of the box so we can think out of the box and come up with solutions to address the one thing that really hit us between the eyes last year. Great. So thank you so much for talking to us today. If our listeners want to learn more about this issue, learn more about your work, where can they find you online? Um, so you can find me online. Um, you can look at the Safety Pin website, uh, safetypin.com, or you could um, look me up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Most importantly, download the app. It's called My Safety Pin with an I, so it's S-A-F-E-T-I-P-I-N, and do a safety audit in your city, and uh, let's spread the movement of women's safety. I love it. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Kalpana. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. Wonderful. It has been so incredible to connect with these inspiring experts over the past three weeks about the impact of the pandemic on women's economic empowerment and both the need and opportunity for targeted and innovative responses. Leva, what were some of the highlights for you from these conversations? Honestly, Kate, there were so many important points raised in these conversations. But for me, an overarching theme as I reflect on the discussions is that we really, really can't underestimate the interrelated nature of these issues. While we discussed each one separately over the past three weeks, we could really see the strong links between, for example, entrepreneurship and SGBV or between entrepreneurship and care work and really just looking at the interrelated nature of all these different themes when it comes to our responses. And so what this really means is that our approach must also be interrelated and we really can't work in silos when we're thinking about our response and recovery. Yes, I could not agree more really connected to what you're saying, one of the takeaways for me was about this need to remove these silos and think about this work more holistically. What really came through was the need for multidimensional responses to promote women's economic agency, security, empowerment, etc. during COVID. It's not enough to only target the direct financial and economic impacts of the pandemic on women. We also need approaches that address the underlying gender power relations, norms, structures. We need to focus holistically on things like social norms, rights, care work, and sexual and gender-based violence. Absolutely. And really listening to these past three experts has really given me a lot to think about. It has been an eye-opening journey to better understand what the research means in practice for those working around the world to enhance gender equality and what the real needs are for our global response. A big thank you to Kalpana Vishwanath for joining us and to you, our listeners, for tuning in to this episode of We Talks. For more information on the topics we discussed today, check us out online at enterprise-development.org and follow on Twitter at the DCED for updates. As always, we'd appreciate if you'd subscribe, rate, and review We Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That's it for our series, exploring the impact of COVID-19 on women's economic empowerment. Stay tuned for more information about where WeTalks will go next. This episode of WeTalks was produced by Anti-Heroin Media. It is made possible by the DCED Secretariat and the Women's Economic Empowerment Working Group.